Welcome to TBN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Matt and Lori Crouch host international best-selling author John Bevere. They discuss how you can think differently about your God-given calling and be empowered to multiply your potential. We welcome you to Praise. We are right here in Southern California, John Bevere. What are we talking about? What are we going to unpack? Well, first of all, Matt and Lori, it's great to be back with you. And secondly, I want to say this message is for everyone. I don't care if you're a stay-home mom, an ER nurse, a hairstylist. I don't care if you work in a factory. This is a message that I believe God burned in my heart for everyone who desires to advance the kingdom. What this book is about is basically summed up in this. About seven years ago, One of our financial partners, as you know, at Messenger International, we've given away over 41 million resources to pastors and leaders in 226 nations. One of our partners who's really helped us do this, he and I were playing golf at Riviera. He had treated me, and it was a wonderful morning of golf. We were on the way back, and he said, John, can I be vulnerable with you for a few minutes? And I said, sure. And he said, I just turned 50. He said, I have really worked hard the last 30 years of my life to where now my business is, I'm worth a net worth of nine million. He said, my wife's cared for life, my children are cared for life. Why should I work as hard as I've been doing the last 30 years in the decade of my 50s? And I said, Stan, here's the deal. Every single human being has a call of God upon our life. Like, if we say the words, he has a call on his life, she has a call on her life, what, what, where, do, where do our minds go? We're thinking, She's a missionary, she's a worship leader, he's called to be a pastor of a church. No, that is an absolute lie. Every single person has a calling on their life. And what God does is he gives us these supernatural abilities. Now these abilities are not natural. They're actually his abilities that he entrusts to us as stewards. And he gives us these abilities to be able to accomplish what he's created us to do. I said, now we have a choice of one of three things to do with these gifts. I said, we can use them to just build our lives and our family. We can use them as intended to build the kingdom. I said, or we can just sit on them. And I said, the problem here is, Stan, you've connected my dots. You see my gifting is writing and speaking. And I said, you connect my dots of how they build the kingdom. You haven't connected your dots. And to be honest with you, Your gifts are more valuable than mine. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, the Bible says the parts of the body that are seen are not as valuable as the parts that are seen. I said, a liver is much more valuable than a mouth. You can live without the ability to speak, but you cannot live without a liver. I said, so Stan, your gifts are more valuable than mine. So you haven't connected your dots. This is why you don't have the passion of Billy Graham. You don't have the passion of Mother Teresa. You don't have the passion of Oral Roberts is because you haven't connected your dots. So six months later, I'm on the phone with him. And I go, Stan, how you doing, man? He goes, you want the honest truth? I said, sure. You know, we've been friends for a long time. He said, in a good way, I have been haunted every day the last six months by what you spoke to me. I said, well, what are you doing about it? He said, now these are his words. I hope I don't get in trouble. He said, I'm busting my butt to build my businesses up to 35 million because I have connected my dots of how what I'm called to do is related to building the kingdom. And that is the purpose of this book. This book helps you identify 
your God-given supernatural gifts. It helps you to develop them, and it helps you to, most importantly, multiply them. See, for most of our viewers right now, you're watching us. 90 minutes a week, you're in the sacred. When you're in your home group, you're in the sacred. When you're in your 30 minutes of quiet time, you're in the sacred. When you're watching TBN, you're in the sacred. But the rest of the time, you're in the secular. This is such a lie. You are in the sacred 24-7. You know, Jesus made this statement, and and this this is mind-blowing to me why we don't talk about this. You know, Paul talks in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that we're saved by grace. It's not of works, right? He talks about our identity in Christ. But we always stop right there. Why don't we talk about verse 10? Because Paul says, for, after he talks about being saved by grace, not of works, it's the gift of God. He says, for, for means because of this. We are his workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, that's our calling. So why is it that we're either or? It is just as important our calling as who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. If I look at the words of Jesus, I understand this because Jesus said in John 4, 24, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Now, think about it. What does food do for us? It strengthens us. I remember fasting for two days. On several occasions, I did not feel like going to the gym on the second day of the fast. I don't have the energy. I don't have the strength because food energizes us. So now I'm looking at all these believers who don't understand their calling that God prepared for them in advance to do because this hasn't been emphasized and they're weak. Can I say in the 40 years that I have walked with Jesus, the number one cause and I'm not joking when I say this, of people backsliding is that they're not engaged with what they're called to do. Wow. Okay, now Jesus makes the statement in John 20, 21, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Why haven't we connected to this all together? That we cannot ignore what we are created to do for building the kingdom of God because every one of us are called to build the kingdom of God. Why? How can we ignore that and just emphasize our identity in Christ? Because then people lose their passion like Stan was struggling with. They don't see their lives as important. We're talking about multiplication. What we have established is that everyone has a gift. So how do we multiply them? All right, well, let's, first of all, the answer, the quick answer is by that supernatural gifting. That's the only way we can multiply. Now let's, let's take this back to the fact that we are stewards. Paul said, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards. For him, it was of the mysteries of God. For us, it's whatever gift we have. Peter says in 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, he doesn't say as each pastor, each missionary, Every single person has received at least one gift. Minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The definition of a steward is one who manages what belongs to somebody else. So Jesus tells this parable, okay? Now, before I talk about the parable, let's talk about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards. In verse 2, he says, it is required one thing, one thing of a steward. And what is it? That he is found faithful. You say, how do you ever get multiplication and faithful in the same room? 
It's very easy. You look at the parable of the talents. Now, Jesus talks about this parable, and he says there's this very wealthy landowner, and he calls together three of his servants. This is Matthew 25, and he delivers his goods to them. And he's saying, it's in your possession. You're going to be stewards, and I'm going on a long trip, and long trip is emphasized twice, meaning you are really stewards of what I own, okay? To one, he gives five talents. To one, he gives two. To one, he gives one. Now, a talent is a bag of silver. But we all know Jesus is never talking about what he's talking about when he tells a parable. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about bags of silver. He's talking about our supernatural giftings. Wow. Charisma. Come on now. All right. Let's just put names on this to personalize. Allison gets five. Dave gets two. Larry, and if your name's Larry, please don't be offended. Larry gets one. It's nothing personal, okay? Larry gets one. All right, so what happens? He's gone for a long time, and he comes back to see what they've done with what he's entrusted to them. All right, Allison multiplies her five into ten. Dave multiplies his two into four. Now watch the judgment. The landowner says, well done, good and faithful servant. So if that's all we have, we cannot equate faithful with multiplication. It's the next statement. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. You were faithful. Wait a minute. There is no other virtue, no other action spoken about in this parable on purpose, I believe, other than the fact they just multiplied. So Jesus directly equates faithful with multiplication. Okay. Now let's talk about Larry. Larry maintains his one gift, and Larry gives his reasoning. He said, I perceive you to be a hard man. I was afraid. So I maintained your one. Here it is. I'm giving it back to you. And you know what he says? You wicked and lazy servant. Now, Jesus does not use words carelessly like we do. First of all, these three guys are in this kingdom. They have the master's goods Wait a minute, we gotta understand. Okay, lazy we understand, you just put off doing something, right? Because of maybe fear. What about wicked? Wicked means this in the Greek. It means possessing a serious fault that causes you to be hindered in your productivity. Mm. My goodness. Okay, what's his fault? The way he's perceived as master, being afraid, okay? You wicked and lazy servant. So in regard to our labor, not in regard to who we are, we're talking labor, not identity here. God views multiplying as faithful. He views maintaining as being lazy and even wicked. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. We're not done. <laughs> it says, take that one yeah. and give it to Allison. So let's do the math. Larry ends up with zero, and Allison ends up with 11. Are we, are we tracking this right yeah. now? Yep. This is when he says, to him who has. Okay, so let's read it in line with this parable. To him who multiplies, more will be given, and he or she will have an abundance. But him who does not have, he who maintains, even what he has will be taken away from him and given to another. Okay, that's red letter, that's Jesus talking. We're dealing with God's very first command to mankind when he put him on the earth. Mm. What did he say? Be fruitful and multiply. He wasn't just saying have babies and populate the earth. He was saying anything I give to you, return it back to be multiplied. Jesus is just amplifying in the parable of the talents, God's original command to mankind. 
and making it even more specific. So if my talent is hairstyling, I should be believing God to multiply my hairstyling because other people are going to end up going, wow, I want to do it that way. How do you do it? This, if I'm a teacher, other people are going to be emulating, wow, how are you getting your students getting such great test scores on their ACT tests, right? This is what we believe for. It doesn't happen naturally. We believe for it. God, I'm going to shine with your abilities you've entrusted me with, and now watch us go to a whole new level. If you look at Daniel, Daniel was not a preacher. Daniel was a government leader. Now, Daniel is taken out of this little tiny country and brought into the most powerful nation of the world, Babylon. The king interviews him and his three friends, and the king determines he's 10 times smarter, wiser, more innovative, and creative than their very best leaders in Babylon. Daniel starts coming up with ideas, and he starts get, getting promoted like crazy, right? And, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it actually says this in Daniel 6, verse 3 that Daniel distinguished himself among the other government leaders of Babylon because he had an excellent spirit. Now, can you imagine the other government leaders? They're scratching their heads. They're going, we have, we have been taught by the finest scientists, the most knowledgeable teachers and leaders in the world. These three guys or four guys have come out of this little country. Where are they getting these ideas from? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does this cause them to do? It causes them to start saying, wait a minute, there's something here with this man's God. Now, if you listen to Jesus' words, I don't know how we miss this. Jesus said, let your light shine that men may see your good works that they're wrought in God, not hear your good scriptures. So the question I have is, why aren't we taught to distinguish ourselves? Wow. Let me give you an example. If I'm a third grade teacher, I should be coming up with the most innovative and creative ways of communicating wisdom and knowledge that's causing the rest of the teachers in my school to scratch their heads going, what in the, where in the world is she getting this from? Mm -hmm. It gets the attention of the principal. It gets the attention of the superintendent. If I'm a hairstylist, I'm coming up with the most, why, why is Paul Mitchell coming up with all these styles? <laughs> why aren't I coming? See, my Bible says we're the head, not the tail. Right. Right. Where I come from in Colorado, I have seen mountain lions in my backyard. I have news for you. That tail is not leading that lion. The head is. Why aren't we the most creative, innovative people? Because we've not been trained that this is our calling. Paul makes the statement in Romans 12, 6, having gifts then differing according to the grace, let us use them. All right, the Greek word for grace is charis. God himself speaks red letter in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to the apostle Paul and says, my grace is sufficient for you for my power. God refers to his grace as his power works best in your weakness, which is our human inability. Wow. wow. Paul said, I labored more than any other apostle. It wasn't me. It was the grace of God in me. It was empowerment. Peter says, grace be multiplied to you as his divine power has given everything we need for a godly life. Wow. So here's the problem. And, and, and I want every one of you to listen to me. The work that God created you to do before you were began, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it is impossible for you to fulfill that calling in your own ability. How, how do I know that? Here's how I know that. God makes the statement, I will never share my glory with anyone. So God on purpose makes our calling beyond our natural ability so that he'd get all the glory. Right. So God on purpose did that so we'd have to depend on grace to fulfill it. Now, let's take it a step further. Having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. The word gifts, you know what's interesting? 
If you take the Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, and you put an M and an A on it, you get the word for gifts. What is charisma? It is the specific gift of grace that God's placed upon our life that gives us the ability to fulfill what we're called to do. One of mine would be writing. Most people listening to us right now don't realize that English and writing was my worst subject in high school. So now I look at today, the books are in the tens of millions. And so I look at these books and I realize my name's on it because I was the first guy to get to read it because it was the gift of God on me that did it. The book basically helps us to identify our God-given gifts. These gifts are actually supernatural. They're above our natural abilities. If these gifts are engaged, we have the ability in our arena of calling to be able to multiply. If I'm called to be in the medical field, but I'm trying to be a businessman, my giftings, my supernatural giftings are involved in that medical field. Okay, I believe this. Write down, if God knows the very hairs on our head are numbered, he knows where in the sector of life we should be, and he has gifted us for us to stand out. So what the book does is helps us identify what we're called to do. It helps us to identify our gifts. It helps us develop the gifts, and it helps us to multiply the gifts. I've got my finger here where you've, you've said a few things. The greatest mistake we make is living in constant fear will make one. Right. You know, one of the greatest discoveries a man can make, one of his greatest surprises is to find out he could do what he was afraid he couldn't do. Right. And there's one last one here I thought was uh, important. Remember, never be afraid of trying something new. Amateurs built the ark. Professionals built the Titanic. What you may not have confidence to do, God is saying, I am your strength. Get into it and watch his multiplication. Watch him do it. You know, Lisa and I live on, on the edge in the sense that if God didn't come through for us, we would be sunk. And I like that because it keeps me dependent on him. Pray for the audience. This really needs to be implanted and you need to pray and water this because when people get this, this is something they should read and start doing that could impact the kingdom in a way that, that is uh, profound. Get this maturing inside of people, if you would. You know, the Bible says to come boldly, not sheepishly, not timidly, boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. All right, let's put that aside. But listen to the next words. To obtain grace to help. See, grace is an empowerment grace to help in a time of need. There is need in your world of influence. And if you tap into this grace, God will increase your world of influence. And so right now, wouldn't you rather be one that you hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, instead of Jesus saying, why were you so lazy? I believe every single one of you have unique God-given gifts, and those gifts are a manifestation of His grace. Let's pray that they come forth now. Let's go boldly together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are watching right now. Father, from the stay-home mom, to the school teacher, to the ER nurse, 
to the doctor, whatever my brother and sister does, you called them to be in this arena of life. What they have may not known, Lord, is that you've called them to excel, to be leaders, to be influencers in this realm of life by the supernatural grace of God that's upon their lives. So Lord God, we together, my brother and my sister, we come before the throne of of grace and we ask that the spirit of grace would come upon them now, that Lord, their giftings would be activated. They would be stirred up to where they begin to minister to people in their world of influence in a profound way that this will open up the door for those people to ask them, who is your God? Where do you get these ideas from? I'm asking, Father, in Jesus' name for a breakthrough in their lives of the supernatural giftings so that they can let their light shine to all that see Him in them. And if you are not saved, if you don't have an authentic relationship with your creator, you have to have that to live in what I've talked about. And I want to say this, you don't become a believer. You don't enter into an authentic relationship with Jesus by just praying a formula prayer. The Bible says he's the groom, we're the bride. When a bride walks down an aisle of a church with the wedding march playing and she's got that white dress on, she's making a pretty strong statement. She's saying goodbye to about 3.9 billion guys. She's saying, this is the one and only man I'm giving the rest of my life to. The only way you can have an authentic relationship is to give your entire heart and life to Jesus Christ. Some of you have not done that. I want you to do that right now. You say, God could never forgive me. You don't know what I've done. Yes, he will. Not only can he do it, he will do it because he desires you. And that's why you're watching this right now. So pray this with me, Father, In Jesus' name, I give my life completely and totally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is now my Lord and Master forever and ever. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week. Thank you.